0: You can get your fancy you can Welcome to Green Dragon Shorts with Jeremy. And today I'm reflecting on a recent Conquest Creations battle report that I played against PJ with the End Army, with my Dale Army. First round of the second season of the Conquest Creations League or Conquest League, whatever it's called. I should check that, but... No, I'm not. I'm not going to check that. And I wanted to just give uh, my opinions on it because it's interesting getting from different points of view and it's something new to me to have my videos online and I, I managed to delve into the comment section, which is always a bad idea, isn't it? To go and read what people are going to say about you because you get some, some interesting interpretations. And I thought I'll respond to that, but also because I know that I've got a very different audience to Jacob. Jacob's got um, a, a mixture of new players and veterans and people who want that visual appeal. So the way that YouTube works, of course, is you get a lot more people who who would pick it up and not know the game or maybe you're just starting out or just want to see how the game's playing. Whereas I think for the Green Dragon listeners, most of you have been playing the game a little while and and have a bit of knowledge about it and... We tend to aim our content a little bit high, and, and that's sort of how we've evolved into it. It's not necessarily what we want to, but it does suit the medium. So I'm just going to talk about it first. But first of all, I got to play against PJ, who I'd never met before this game. And we've gone on and played quite a few games since. I've had him over to the house and, and joining in, and it's been a lot of fun. He's a really a good player to play because he's got this attitude that he just really wants to learn. And that's something that I haven't had for a while. I haven't had a player that's really wanting to just just take every bit of advice possible and really learn about it. I know sometimes you get some trivial sort of questions after game, what should I have done better? But like that in-depth discussion and... What did you do here? Why did you do this? What was that? And, and some honest discussions about it was really interesting. Now, I totally get the idea of not wanting to learn from someone as well, wanting to develop your own strategies, wanting to play yourself, wanting to develop your own style, wanting to learn something else. And that's fine as well, because I've been playing a few games at the moment lately. Uh, one of them I've been playing, I've mentioned before here, is War Master. And this one, I want to learn my own strategies. So it's, it's actually really enjoyable to go to a game and not know what to do and not know if my troops would do the right thing. And that's a real appeal to me. Because when I go to a a Middle Earth game, I pretty much know my way around it. And occasionally scenarios throw me off. And that's, I guess, one of the reasons I like scenarios so much. But I sort of know what to expect. Whereas other games I don't necessarily know. And I I prefer not to learn from that. I don't want someone to just tutor me into it and and, and show me what to do. But it's really good to do that as well. And it's really nice because it makes me think about my own strategies quite a bit. So I played played this game. I had my Dale army, and this is an interesting matchup for Dale because a lot of the stuff that I'm I'm essentially basing my army on falls a bit of a falls apart against this one. Now, I, of course, I didn't take the legendary legion because it wasn't out at the time of recording, and I pretty much stick with that for this this league because it's no point changing the army halfway through it. But what that means is courage. I'm not great at courage in this one. I've just got standard courage. My shooting is outstanding, but not necessarily against defense eight. My fight four is very good, very helpful. Doesn't matter against Ents. And my heroes are base fight five, which is not amazing. They're okay. They're expensive. So my heroes are just over 100 points each. And and just one-on-one against an Ent, they're probably outmatched. So I'm in a little bit of trouble in terms of just the matchups. I think this matchup, I would have been almost more comfortable with some just a standard Orc army. Because then at least you've got axes for some piercing and things like that. So you don't have that with the Dale, You've just got the sword. So it, it's... It's interesting to see the comments after the game, people saying, oh, Dale's really powerful. Maybe it is. I don't I don't necessarily disagree with that, but this is not the, the game to show it off. This is not showing how powerful Dale is. This is just a standard infantry army against an Ent army. We drew the scenarios. I was pretty confident in getting a good scenario because the way that Jacob does it, you get basically three randomly drawn scenarios and probably only about four of them I was really uncomfortable playing the Ents in. So first one was definitely... Uh, the the kill points one i do not want to play that against any monsters where you have three because basically my tactic goes into a total wipeout i have to wipe out the opponent and that's very very hard to do especially at these low points levels it's hard to time it well enough to do it all in one turn so i just under no circumstances the kill point scenario i don't even know what it's played i just i just don't like that scenario under no circumstances i was going to play that that was always going to be my first veto no matter what contest of champions yuck didn't want to do that one either. Contest of Champions means that the the leader has to go up against my leader. My option in that is just basically kill their leader as soon as possible. So go kill PJ's tree as soon as possible. A pretty tough ask, as you can imagine, because it's hard to go and initially get that trap. I can run away, but still it's hard because Quick Beam's faster than me. I've got an all-infantry army. Uh, they've got things like barges and... And marches and heroic moves and all this sort of stuff. I didn't even have a heroic march. So, yeah, that that one wouldn't have liked, but probably would play that over the kill points one. Uh, But I didn't want any sort of, like the assassination one, which we ended up playing, spoiler. Oh, yeah, there's going to be spoilers. There's going to be heaps of spoilers. You know that. Uh, The assassination one, not great, but yeah, I can probably not as bad as the other two because at least I can go target someone like Quick Beam who doesn't have a strike and go and get some points that way. I'm confident I can get some points in that game. So that was pretty good. And I'm sure there's some other ones as well that I, I wasn't so fantastic about. Uh, probably the banner one. The one we just stand back and and just go for the banner. Because it's quite hard then to to get any points. Although I've got a banner. So maybe I've got the advantage in that one. But still, I most of the scenarios, any domination type ones, any maelstrom type ones, happy to play the ants Because what I can do is just basically bog them down with lots of troops make it so that they have to do all the work and eventually they'll botch or two and when they do, I'll be opportunistic and try and go in for some wounds. But even then, if I just break and the game ends, I probably can get some more points for objectives. So that was what I was hoping. So I was pretty confident going in until the scenario was drawn. I was like, oh no, how am I going to beat the Ents in assassination? Because I've only got the one hero, so there's no guesswork, That one hero that's eligible for the assassination. So I had King, Brand and and Bard, Whatever it is, brother second, the bowman without a bow. So, bar the second, and he was was clearly going to be the assassin and going to be the target. So, to get him in, I had to risk him. So, you know what? If you're going to risk, you're going to risk, aren't you? You're just going to go in and 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 try to pull it all off and set it up to help out. Problem as well is I only had two models of might. Three points of might each is good, but PJ had three models of might. So, every one of his models had might. So, I wasn't going to out might him. So, I had to be very not clever so much i had to go for some some strategies that i thought could, could win me the game so my main strategy was get the ends moving around and getting frustrated with jumping into combats that they weren't necessarily getting any gain from so the, the good thing about this scenario is you can throw away a few plebs and it doesn't matter so you try and bait them around you give them plebs you play like you would against something like bayorn where you just sort of bait them away and try and split them up and then i thought Number one, if PJ is going to split them up to a point where I can just jump on them one at a time, I'll just do it. I just jump on them one at a time without support. They need the support against each other. So let's just do that. To continue splitting them up, I thought with my maneuverability, I can probably go okay with the shooting. Because if I I put most of my army hovering around that 18 inch range, a couple moves away, I can then say that, okay, if PJ stands still and throws stones, I can just run back to just out of the stones range or put something between me or something like that to just do that and then and then continue to, to pepper with arrows. And I was hoping I could plink off a couple wounds off anyone. It didn't, didn't really matter which end. Just get some wounds off because that gives a sense of worry to PJ that he has to go in a bit quicker and then, then stuff it up. So I started off like that. I had set up, split my force up, of course, which is always a good strategy when you're playing against a very small elite army that wants to group together because they have to commit somewhere they have to commit somewhere and what you can do is just disappear so they commit to you you just run away and you just frustrate them by moving away moving away disappearing in them to chase phantoms so that that's a good strategy there i know that, that Jacob made a comment that, that said something like i'd made a mistake splitting them up or or whatever like that i think part of that is because he's trying to keep people's interest in the game but also part of it is i, I think we've got different ideas of what a strategy is and and different ideas of what we're doing with it and what i've learned in these games is that i don't want to give away my strategy because if i talk to jacob and say my strategy then the other person i'm playing could hear it as well so <laughs> i've got to be very very clever about it i know at one point i just moved my guys into the water a bit and and I think Jacob said, why are you doing that? And I had to give just like a flippant answer. Like, the, I'll tell you the proper answer in a moment. But the the answer I gave was something along the lines of, oh, because they're dirty and they want to go for a swim. So it's just totally ridiculous answer just to, to get the distraction off. Because the whole point of going in the water was because it's a bad idea. It's not a good place for them to be. They do not want to fight in the water. You don't want to fight in the water against ants because they can move full speed through the water. They can throw you in the water. If you get knocked down, you've got potential for drowning. There's no benefit for me to be in the water. So I put my models in the water because that way, hopefully, the ants will start running towards the water and following the path that I want. Following a path that I want them to go to. So you, you basically, one of the strategies for baiting is to make a whole bunch of mistakes, but make controlled mistakes. Oh no, this model's out of position here. Oh no, you've got a charge here. Oh no, my models are in the water. Oops, this guy's a bit of out of support range of this guy. These sort of tactics. And, uh, and Jacob kept picking them up. And, oh, Jeremy's made a mistake here. Jerry's made a mistake here. And, and I listened to it. I had to grip my teeth a little bit because I'm like, that's, that's not a mistake. That's not a mistake. There's some mistakes, but those weren't the mistakes. So that was, that was really interesting. Different, different opinions on that. So my first plan wasn't working. And it wasn't working really well at all. I wasn't getting any wounds. I was getting plenty of hits, plenty of first rolls and then not the second rolls. And I hadn't done any damage to PJ's force. And at this point in time, I lost about eight or nine. models. I, I was approaching a third of my force gone. So I knew the game wasn't going to last that much longer. Because once I get to half, I, I didn't have the courage bonuses. There's a very good chance that I would have been pinned. All my little satellite guys would have run away. It, it was going to cause problems. So at some point, I had to go in. So my best bet was between a couple hedges... There was a pathway that I thought it could make it so only one ant could get through, so that way I could pick on the one ant that I wanted to. Now, ideally, my dream strategy here would be to go into quick beam, call a combination strike and heroic combat, and basically just bog Treebeard because you have to kill Treebeard to to get the break. I have to kill Treebeard so I can grab Merry and Pippin, put them on the ground, and kill them off. The other way I can win, of course, is just kill Quickbeam, who's my target and then break, and then just be ahead by just a little bit. But that's very, very risky, because of course, I've one failed courage test from from Brand, and then that all falls apart anyway. So you ideally, you want to go for the big win first, and then if that's not working, go for the smaller win. So I wanted to kill Treebeard, but PJ made a very good decision to just make Treebeard lead the way. And that was problematic, because I had to go... At one point, I thought, you know, it's in the perfect spot. Treebeard is going to be trapped, because I'm going to put my models there. And I'll talk about the trap in a moment. And then I can basically go all in and try and flash kill Treebeard, which is a big risk. But at that point in time, it was probably my best strategy because one, I don't think PJ or Jacob, who I always imagine playing against two people in this because they're both there and they can always chat. I can't stop them and I'm not going to stop them. But that would confuse them both. That would be unexpected because I think PJ was trying to protect either Quickbeam or Beachbone because one of them is the target. So putting Treebeard forward... You don't expect Treebeard to go down. Now, it's a big risk, of course, because it's hard to kill Treebeard. So, what I had to do is put pretty much half my force into Treebeard. So, I put way over 200 points worth of models into Treebeard. Everyone in there, traps, everything, banner, guys pushed away. I made it so that no matter what the two back ends did uh, heroic combats, barges, hurls, whatever it wasn't going to disrupt the combat and wasn't going to stop the trap. And part of that was because the base has to move in a straight line one inch and the hedge was stopping it moving in a straight line one inch and the model bases would mean that you'd have to do some dodgy moving around of the circle and you can't do that anymore straight line one inch uh, the the absolute diameter of the circle cannot be overlapped by anything because at that point then you stop moving now it's clearly some people in the comments play it so treeby could just stand on the hedge uh, we don't do that and we we sort of define that i think it was on the video as defining it but you can't just finish on the hedge we just said that's possibly a house rule but it was the understanding of everyone at the table. So it didn't really matter either way. And in these short videos, a lot of the tactical discussion and the, the rules discussion just disappear. They don't go in there. So we played that one, set it up. Uh, I was umming and ahhing because I really, really, really wanted to do the bulking. I really wanted to get a strike and then a heroic combat off and then kill two ends in one turn. And so I ummed and ahed about the, the fight though, for what seemed like an eternity. But in the end, the smart move is just to go both strike, just strike both of them up because I, I need to get to ten. Then I hope Treebeard flops it, rolls a one or a two or something like that, and just maybe, maybe not even two does it, maybe a one. Just hope that I somehow get that. And then after the fact that I've, we've all used up might to call that. Then it means it increases the chance of me winning the combat because if Treebeard rolls now anything under a four, not gonna have the might to push up. So before with three points of might. Anything under a three, it's really hard to botch that. But anything under a four, it's an outside chance, but I can get it. And I thought, if I do this, it's going to be all in. If it fails, I hope, fingers crossed, that it doesn't do the wounds needed on, on my heroes, on Brand, on Bard. And I hope that it doesn't do much damage, and then I rinse and repeat another turn. Not ideal, but I did it, and I got the roll off, and I got very, very lucky. I got the roll off, and that was pure luck. And people in the comments said that. Said. Oh, Jeremy's game plan wasn't that good. It was just based on luck. And that that's true. It was based on luck. And I—I I, the reason we do that is because I could have kited for a long, 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 long time if I wanted to. But there is a time limit because Jacob's booked a venue for filming in. He's hes paying money for this. He's got another game lined up afterwards. It's not fair on me to go and take up all the time just stuffing around. And plus, I want to play in a way that's entertaining so if I'm going to lose, I want to lose in a dynamic way. I don't want to lose just by having one model kill to turn and ground down until there's nothing left. That's not going to be the best way for me to lose. I don't mind losing and I'm happy to, to be on camera losing and people can go and make fun of me and all that sort of stuff. That's all fine. But I need to play differently in these games. I need to be a little bit more aggressive than I normally am. I need to make sure that I go for things. And plus, it was an opportunity to show off another tactic that I hadn't shown off yet. Uh, in the past, in the last league, I never went for the flash kill on heroes. I basically avoided them. So I played against uh, a Durin. Just avoided. Like, not going to play Durin. Stay away from Durin. He can kill one model a turn. I don't care. I played against uh, in the middle round. Who did I play against in the middle round? Uh, can't, oh, Geordie. Geord, no, Geordie didn't have any big heroes. So I went, went after the heroes. And then the last round when I played Jacob, he had uh, gil Gallard. And it was just, stay away. Stay away. And in the end, I think I did fight some models into Gilgalad, But it was just, it wasn't try to kill. There wasn't any setup to kill. It was just kill everything else. But this time I had to kill. I had to kill a big end, and it was the toughest model I fought. Ironically, so I had to go set up for the maximum kill, and and managed to pull it off. Got very lucky doing it. Honestly, if I played this game ten times, I'd probably win maybe three of them. I don't think I was in that strong a position. I think I I played tactically pretty well. I think I took a massive gamble. I think it got very lucky getting that four plus. But very lucky on a four plus is not too bad it's much better than very lucky on a one in six or very lucky on a one in 12 or very lucky on a really low odds or very lucky on a 50-50, you take it. That's the game. That's what happens. And I think BJ didn't expect that. And I think if he probably knew that was going to happen, he maybe wouldn't have put all three ends in that corridor. He would have maybe put some on the side and tried some other stuff and maybe a barge around the back or something along those lines to make sure he could back away because it just didn't quite work out for him. And then I managed to clean up the rest pretty quickly. Although the game ended before I got to Beachbone or Beachbone got to me. So it was a fun game and I really enjoyed playing against PJ and it's been great to, to bounce ideas off him and uh, it's yeah, the comments were interesting because they're pretty much all right. The trap, comments, people play with different rules. People interpret it different ways and as long as everyone in the room is all in agreement on it, it doesn't really matter. So if you play it a little bit different, that's fine. That's fine. I've played against people who believe spiders can go vertically up, back up walls and just hover in the air. Uh, I don't like it, but some people play that way and I've had had... Games Workshop staff argue in tournaments against me for, and say, "Yep, spiders can absolutely back vertically, and they just hover in the air." Uh, I'm not sure about that, but anyway, so he just—we're all—we all are all in agreement. We all played that way. I don't think PJ has ever complained about that being the issue. I think he's a little bit embarrassed he didn't get to play out through, but I think he's a really good player. So I think in the next season he'll be—he'll be pretty good. He'll, he'll show off, and uh, yeah, we've—we've we've done a lot of games since and had a lot of fun. So that's—that's that's been a really good experience for me i probably talked a bit longer than this it's almost the length of the actual video of the, the game which is interesting enough but you know what i'm not trying to make money here i'm not trying to optimize statistics or anything like that let's just talk about it and have some fun and if you have any questions let me know about it i hope i hope this has been valuable and if it's not well it's just background noise and that's fine as well so remember and in this case they're very much so Win games Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. The Green Dragon Podcast discusses tabletop wargaming using the Middle-Earth strategy battle game rules For Games Workshop. We have no affiliation with Games Workshop, Warner Brothers, New Line, Tolkien Enterprise, or anyone else involved in Tolkien's universe. We're on our own. Thank you to our patrons for your support. You can become a patron at www.patreon.com slash thegreendragonpodcast. You can contact us via our Facebook page at The Green Dragon Podcast, or on our email, thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Not so sure about that plural. This podcast is for entertainment, so please take it that way. Farewell, listener. The road goes ever on and on.